Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Star Joe's podcast, episode 67, a conversation with Shannon Gallant. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we have the pleasure today of speaking with artist extraordinaire, Mr. Shannon Gallant. And uh, before we introduce uh, him here, Chuck, what's been going on with you? Anything new lately? Uh, no, no, not too much. Just at the Columbus Toy Show. Uh, we went down there together. Uh, along with four member Wolfman Z, and we had a good time. Yeah, it was a great time. I bought nothing this time for for once. Yeah, yeah, you had a lot of restraint. I was proud of you. I cried on the way out, but you cried okay. on the way home all the way. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, he, he is waiting in the wings. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and and welcome our guest, so we can actually have a, a good conversation here, and he doesn't have to be biting his tongue or sitting on his hands or whatever he's doing right now. So, uh, Shannon, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. So uh, we're both fans of your work. We're both, you know, we both love what you've been doing on Real American Hero and before that working on the the main Joe Joe books and everything. I guess first question that's probably the obvious question is what what was your first experience ever with G.I. Joe? Like what was your first introduction to before art and everything else, what, how did you first know about G.I. Joe? Uh, well, going all the way back, it was the it was the comic book. Okay. It was always the comic book for me. I'm a little bit older because I came out of Star Wars, so all the toy collecting was really that. I didn't really collect a lot of the Joe toys. Um, my brother had the original run, like the big 12-inch Joe series. Um, but for me, it was the comic book. And I was really into ninjas at the time, so it was like this perfect storm of, oh, there's a ninja in G.I. Joe, I'm going to start reading that. And so that's that's where it happened for me. And I think my first book, actually, was The Silent Issue. Oh, wow. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so that's actually where I came into the series. That's a good place to come in. My, my name was uh, issue 29. Mm. 
and and I discovered mine was issue what was it four I think it was I I only got issues sporadically I didn't collect the whole run but I the first issue I recognized that we covered when we did some uh, uh, look back was actually issue four that I recognized the cover and story too so you got introduced to the comic book and now you're pre- I mean I realize it's it's different but it's the same now you're on that comic book yeah how how surreal is that it's it's kind of weird because when I was a kid, I actually, I was so into ninjas, you know, and I was drawing my own comic book when I was in school, and it was like modern ninja, and he was like a top secret agent spy, but he was a ninja, and he was in nice. ninja. It was it was really a rip off of Joe, and I'm looking back on it now, that's what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, but you read Larry's comic as a as a kid growing up, and now you're working with the man. That's got to be something special. I know, and it, and it's kind of weird because. One of the other, I, I told Larry when I first met him at a, at a show was, I have a short box that I carry with me, that I've just like when I went to college I took it with me, when I moved to a different state I took it with me, when I moved to D.C. I took it with me, and there are certain books that I've always had in it, and three issues that are always in it are the silent issue and the two Snake Eyes origin issues. Okay, yeah, twenty six, twenty seven, yeah, 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 and I've just lived by those. I mean, I've just memorized every panel in it. In, in all of them, so it's yeah, just kind of weird. Are to do that too, though, seriously, those are good choices. Yeah, and and what's funny is I find myself repeating those images unintentionally. <laughs> like, oh, oh crap, I just and I can't do it in the Joe book, especially because people are like, oh, he's ripping off, and I'm like, no, it's an homage. It's an homage. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one of the things, knowing that we were going to be talking with you, is when you because you were working on the, if I remember right, you were working on the reg, the IDW GI Joe book. For for some some of the arcs and everything, correct? Yeah, I started out on the movie books. Okay. Uh, that was my first uh, Joe gig. Was the um, the prequels basically? Okay. And each book was a different. It was uh, Snake Eyes, Baroness Destro, and then Duke. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. For the Rise yeah. of Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're not we're fine. We're, the books I, are fine, but we're I've still not actually watched the movie. I cannot bring myself to watch it because really? I've heard so many bad things about it. Yeah, yeah, it's not the greatest. I honestly think it's I think it's fun. It's it's a fun time. It's not the GI Joe I would make, but I am pumped about the new. movie. I, I'm really out. looking forward to the new one. Yeah, the new one looks really promising. And and well, and just to give you a perspective, I can totally understand how the comics can be good, but the movie's not so great because. I enjoyed the Star Wars prequel comics, mm. but the movies are yeah. – I've, I've learned to accept them. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like them. <laughs> so, They're fun. I like them. So you, you know, you're working on, on the Joe books and everything else. Now you're – were you called in to work on A Real American Hero or how did that, how did that happen? Well, I'd done the prequels, and then they were having me kind of fill in for Robert mm-hmm. at okay. various points. And at one point, they had actually just been talking, well, we're just going to switch back and forth between you and Robert, you know, to keep the book coming out on time and have plenty of issues. No, I was fine with that. And then Carlos asked me out of the blue one day, it was like, you know, would you be interested in drawing the the original series with Larry Hama? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, that was the book I read. I mean, those are the character. That's the version of the characters that I'm familiar with. Not knowing that a lot of it had to do with kind of behind the scenes, you know, grumping between Larry and and 
Padilla, the artist at the time. Okay. And most of it being a language barrier, because Padilla is from Brazil or Peru or Chile or somewhere. And he just didn't understand a lot of the references that Larry was making. And it was aggravating Larry because he, it was like he felt like he was spending too much time explaining stuff. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, and so that's when I came on the book. And since I had kind of already been familiar with the characters, it was easy for me. And, and a lot of people have griped that, you know, I draw the characters like they were in the early books and not how the series ended. But that's how I remember them. Well, that's okay with me. Yeah, I was going to say that's perfectly fine with me. I that's the, no complaints here. That's the style I like. So what yeah. you got to do though is you got to work in a Star Joe's image somewhere, <laughs> like a cup of coffee in the background on an iPod, you know, something. Uh, it's already been done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there, yeah, there's that a book coming awesome. up where where I get a chance to basically call out to everybody I like. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, that is cool because I will buy like 20 copies of that and give it to my friends and family. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I, and I've got a little bit more money, so I'll buy like a hundred of them. So. Well, I'll, I'll have to top that then. <laughs> no. Speaking of people that we know having some of your art, a friend of ours and a friend of the show, John, oh, he's yeah. a big fan of yours, and he kind of introduced us to, to talking to you, so we want to give him a special shout-out for that. John and, and does, Jacob. Yeah, him and Jacob both, yeah. And he does display on our forum some of his original art pieces that he has, and so does Jacob. And they're they're really nice, so I, I really like your art. And if anybody wants to, you know, acquire that, how would they go about doing that? They can either contact me directly. Um, my website has a email link on it. Um, they can also just approach me at the show because I usually have originals with me at the show. Okay. And but what's your website if you want to give it out? It's just slgallant.com. Okay, great. Simple. It's easy to remember. I like that. <laughs> I try to, yeah, I try to make it as easy as I keep it as simple for me. I like that. Yep. Now, and the blog is the same way. I have a blog okay. that's just WordPress, slgallant.com or something. Or okay, whatever. great, great. Now, with uh, have you always drawn like your whole life? I know you mentioned like earlier in school you had your own, you were doing your own comics and everything else. It was was it always just something that was with you? Yeah, yeah, I. Originally, my mom always likes to tell the story. It was like when he finished playing for the Miami Dolphins, he was going to draw comic books. <laughs> uh, having only grown to five six, I wasn't going to be playing for the Dolphins. And, uh, but yeah, I always drew, always drew. So is it is like art or artistic abilities like in your family, or was it kind of a freak thing? No, well, my my dad was a studio musician. He was a drummer. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm having grown up in Nashville, most of the people that he worked with were like Dolly and Jerry Reed, Waylon, oh, Willie. Country music, nice. Yeah, and he was one of the five drummers that worked with Elvis. Wow. Um, oh, nice. He was also on Steve Perry's solo album and one of the Journey albums. I have the Steve Perry solo album. So. Street Talk, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. Nice. Sherry. Yeah, that's everybody nice. from that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, so, I'm a huge Journey fan, so... The yeah, he was on the Raised on Radio album. Okay, okay. Okay. Very nice. I assume that because, you know, obviously, uh, at least with your dad, I don't know, was your mom in the arts at all or, or any type of arts? or? She owned a drum shop. Oh, she was, okay. She was the first sole female owner of a drum shop in the United States. Wow. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So I assume that they were very encouraging of, of you pursuing something like this then. Yeah, actually, uh, my parents were constantly trying to introduce me to people and 
finding teachers, different teachers. I switched schools to okay. go to a better art program, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. But when that Dolphins thing didn't work out, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, did, well, you, you know, did you grow I, up in Florida area? Is that why you were a Dolphins fan? No, my, my mom grew up in Fort Lauderdale, and my dad was from Florida. And then half of my family, my dad's side of the family, was okay. in Florida. Okay, all right. So it's a family thing. I got that. Yeah. So, um, but it was funny because I always modeled that after the guy that did the paintings for the Good Times TV show. Oh, yeah. He was an ex-pro football player. Oh, wow. And, okay. and when he retired, he became a painter, and then he became known more for his paintings than his NFL career. And I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Sure, there you go. Yeah, I actually had, um, I at work, I'm a member of uh, the communications, or communication skills club of Toastmasters. It's an international club. And there was a guy, what made me think of this is there was a guy that did a speech just recently where he was talking about the progression of music. And one of them that he pointed out was an album by that was Marvin Gaye, which had that painting that you see in Good Times. Yeah. And uh, I was like, as soon as he showed the album, I was like, oh, my God, that's Good Times. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's where everyone knows us from. But it was, yeah, it was a Mar- on the Marvin Gaye album and stuff. It was just it brought so many memories back because I used to watch all those shows as a kid. Well, see, and that's the thing, too, is when my when I was a kid, before I was born, my dad was in a band called The Headliners, and they were the first white band signed to Motown. Oh, okay. And so when I was growing up, that's all we listened to. All I listened to was Motown stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. 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 So it was like, and we have all these things. My mom has this collection of tour books and programs that it's like the Supremes and... Uh, Stevie Wonder and all this stuff is signed, and then there's like a picture of my dad. <laughs> it's, like this, it's my dad standing next to Smokey Robinson. I don't know how I got there. It's like this cracker smiling at you. Uh, you know, it's like all these great R and B songs and stuff. Nice, nice. No, it's Which like one of these is not like the other. <laughs> Someone here just isn't the same. Exactly. Like like Chuck said, that's a great music to be growing up with. I mean, I I grew up with a lot of that stuff too. It was you know, in the house constantly. So I, I can appreciate the fact of, of growing up with that in, in the house and getting that influence and everything. That's really cool. But to, to actually have family that's a part of that um, had to be pretty exciting to grow up with as well. Your uh, college years or any kind of special art schooling? I went to a school uh, that was originally called the Atlanta College of Art, but it was recently acquired I once said in an interview, bought, and I got chewed out for it by a representative. Uh, <laughs> but it was acquired or, um, you know, absorbed or whatever you want to call it. Merged. Merged <laughs> with the uh, Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. So now okay, that's, yeah, Robert's school. Yeah. 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 Now, so when you started out was, I mean, obviously now there's been a lot more expansion. There's been a lot more uh, availability to learn things like that. Was was there a whole lot of that when you when you first started though? No. Okay. No. Uh, the luckiest thing for me was being in Atlanta. Uh, Gaijin Studios was there at the time. Okay. And that was originally like Brian Stelfreeze, Carl Story, uh, Tony Harris, Joe Phillips, and at the time Adam Hughes had just joined the studio. Oh, and I was I was a huge, still am huge Adam Hughes fan, um, and so I used I conned them into letting me come by the studio, and I used to try and bribe them by bringing them Goo Goos, which is like this Nashville candy that's bar. Good stuff, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> so I used to bribe them with Goo Goos, and and I constantly say it on my blog and in an interview is is Brian Stelfreeze helped me more than anybody. Oh, okay. Uh, he just he taught me more about perspective in an afternoon than 
four years of college. Wow. That's, that's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, you, we talked about uh, John with, with his son, Jacob, you know, his son's Jacob's going around and mm. he, I, I consider him probably one of the luckiest kids in the world. The fact that his dad's taking him around to conventions, which again, probably were not, I, I know they weren't very plentiful back in the day and they, you know, he's getting feedback because who, who wants yeah, to, turn, who wants to turn away a little kid? I mean, really, when you think about it, a little kid's coming up to you saying, I want some help with my art. I mean, who's, yeah. who's going to turn that away? Other than oh, Chuck. I slap him. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'll slap yeah. him right yeah. on the face. Chuck, Make him pay. Chuck Make does him pay. too, yeah. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll give you a lesson, but it's going to cost you. Well, you know, I got a Polaroid camera. So. <laughs> no, Jacob, Jacob's a great kid. Yeah. And he's, he's really talented, and he's very – John's done a great job of just – you know, he, he's so nice. He's so pleasant, and he listens, and he really just absorbs everything you say. Yeah. Oh, great, great. That's cool. And when I was when I was a kid, you know, that's what I was looking for. And what's funny is my last convention in Charlotte, I met Butch Geis, who was like one of my idols. Mm-hmm. He's always been one of my idols. Oh, he's great, yeah. And he was just talking to me. We ended up having dinner and then hanging out in his hotel room, and he was telling me all these stories from like the cross-gen days and stuff. And I felt like I was 10. <laughs> I was just eating it up. Yeah, like, so like, good. Oh, I must be boring you. I'm like, no, it's only 1 a.m. Keep going. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Well, that's how we felt. At least that's I know that's how I felt when we we went to uh, Super Show, which was a, a smaller convention, and, and we met Robert there. That was our first time actually like meeting him face to face, and he came to our room and hung out. And we're older than Robert, but I felt like the little kid sitting there listening to the stories about the conventions he went to and the stories he had with you know Hama and the other artists and everything else. And I'm like, I'm just like, ooh, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, the guy who draws the comic book that we like is in our room just drawing the comic. So that's pretty cool. So you have an open invitation to our room anytime you're in a con- at a convention. But. Yeah, we'll be in Baltimore if you're going there. You know what's so funny is because it's down the street, but it's it's like the hardest show for me to get to. <laughs> <laughs> because there's not anywhere else you can take a train and it lets you out right near a convention center or whatever. And Baltimore is just like, no, you got to walk six miles to get there. And I'm like, oh. yeah. So. I usually bum a ride off of somebody, but yeah, I'll try to get there. It's it's funny though because John, we were at a, at a convention and John was there and he got me into some room with these two uh, brothers that do comic books. I was so afraid of where you were going with that. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, wow. But these guys, these guys, I can't remember their name. It was like the Farrell Brothers or something. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're uh, Star Wars artists. I mean, that's how I know them. And they were just like the craziest guys. Yeah. And I was so plastered when I left that room. I don't yes. remember getting to my bed. <laughs> See, that's how you're going to be leaving our room. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, actually, when we get there, we're planning. The plan is that we'll get in there on Friday. And since there's really not much to do Friday night because the convention doesn't start till Saturday, we are mm-hmm. inviting any listeners that want to to come hang out in our room and we're going to do a couple live recordings there with listeners and we might try to do a movie. Well, that's yes, yes, that that's a given, but we're going to try to do a uh, movie commentary on rise of Cobra. So that's Ryan's plan. My plan is to not get arrested. (laughs) No, I thought your plan was to get arrested. (laughs) I'm I'm, well, I was told by the wife, I I can't get arrested. Oh, okay. Again, again, for the same thing. I, I can't do it. Same, you got to mix it up. Yeah. 
I, I had a question for you. Um, doing a Real American Hero, and that's the book that I really love and I really got me into comics and I'm reading. Is is there some characters that you wanted to incorporate maybe into the book or, or place in the book or draw in the book that you, you just haven't done yet or color? Any Anybody uh, like that? You know what's funny is is most of my experience with the characters come from the cartoon because okay. I was actually more of a religious watcher of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And uh, my dad – this is kind of a sidetrack, but it, it connects. My dad was a big karate martial arts fan. Like, I grew up watching Enter the Dragon almost once a week. Wonderful, yeah. Um, and he was a big Chuck Norris fan, but he also loved uh, Billy Jack. Okay. And so Billy Jack had this big Native American connection, and my dad loved Native Americans. So, of course, when I was watching the cartoon and Spirit was always fighting Storm Shadow, I was like, yeah, that's freaking cool. And yeah, I, yeah. So when I got onto the Joe book, Carlos asked me, was there any character I wanted to do? And it was Spirit. And at one time, we were actually trying to get a writer to write the book or, or to do a kind of an origin book because I was doing the origin for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to get Sherman Alexi, who is a Native American writer who wrote a movie called Smoke Signals, which I think is just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And he, he does lecture tours, and I've seen him give lecture tours, and he's a riot. It's like a two-hour stand-up comedy routine. And we tried to get him to write a spirit book. I mean, it just didn't work out. But oh, that's too bad. But spirit is one of those characters that I, for some reason, I've just always gravitated toward him. Yeah. And he's only been in like two scenes. Yeah. Since I've taken over the book. Yeah, yeah. To me, spirit was because I grew up with mostly the cartoon as well. Like I said, I picked up a few of the comics here and there, but spirit to me was GI Joe's equivalent to Yoda from Star yeah. Wars. Where he was yeah. the wise, you know, sage that would give the advice that they needed to follow, and it was all it was. He he even spoke a little cryptically and everything else. So, so I really I really enjoyed that. So you're you're in you know you grew up with the martial arts. So I have to ask, how many times have you seen The Last Dragon? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say at least ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah me too. Because <laughs> I, I I my wife and I actually take Krav Maga, which okay. is a Israeli kind of martial art, and our instructor was a huge, but like that was his favorite film. Okay. <laughs> and nice. if you ever wanted to kind of like pace yourself through class and kind of like get him to lighten up for a few minutes, you just bring up the Last Dragon. He'd start doing that kind of like blurring hand motion nice. thing that was in the movie. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix right now. Well, I even had heard that uh, talks about them doing a remake with Samuel L. as, as show enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Nice. <laughs> Who's probably the only guy that could do that role? <laughs> pull it off, yeah. That movie always there was something about that character that always reminded me of Grendel. Okay, yeah. The comic, yeah. remember? Yeah, I know. And there Grendel. was like a bad guy in Grendel that kind of looked like that. They yeah. had the like big mane of hair and I could see that. Yeah, the kabuki yeah. robe or whatever. See now you're now you're talking classic comics that Chuck's lost now. So that's yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm just showing my age. That's all I'm doing. He, no, that's, okay. that's why Ryan's here. He, yeah, he's <laughs> thanks. He's uh, he's learning though. He he just got back into comics shortly before we started doing the show, and uh, he read uh, Kingdom Come for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago. DC's Kingdom Come with uh, Mark Wade and Alex Ross. So. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. It was it was great. Now I got to see if he'll tackle uh, Marvel's uh, answer to that, which was Earth X, which is a dense, dense book. But uh, I, Chuck doesn't like to read too much, so that's why he likes comics. I read comics, there's pictures to break up the 
So then, so then you've tackled Watchmen. I, I actually have read Watchmen because of the movie and everything that was out, and I actually went to the library and got it. Yeah, but did you read all the little chapter books in the middle? I guarantee uh, he did well, not. No, no, he just skipped <laughs> that, didn't he? No, I, I no. Yeah, Neither I read the graphic I. novel adaptation. <laughs> There were still those big chunks of like, oh, it's an excerpt from Under the Hood or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. I, I skimmed them too. I was like, eh. yeah. all right, cool. But the, but there, there's a lot of good info in there, though. So a lot of good history. <clears throat> I'm sure someone told me there was. Yeah, I, you know what? I think the movie filled in everything I needed. <laughs> I just speaking of Alan Moore, I just watched some interview with him from England on YouTube. Oh, I think I I saw a recent one re- where he was on an interview yeah. or something. And yeah. it, and it was talking about uh what was the book that he did that was about um Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan and Oh, I don't even know. I could look it It was up. like it was like the porn book that he did. Oh. Chuck's interested now. Yeah. <laughs> But it was like he was sitting there talking about it, and I'm I'm just listening to him, and I'm going, man, you just took an extra dose of the '60s and kept moving. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, you know. I'm googling Alan Moore, Peter Pan. Was it black? No, Black Dossier. No. Let's see. That was the last. There was Lost Girls. Lost Girls. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the the second search item that came up was Alan Moore's pornographic Alice Wendy Dorothy <laughs> graphic novel. There you go. <laughs> I, I got to put that on my next order. <laughs> Thank you, get, the over, get the oversized edition. You really don't want to cheat on the art. I don't right. want to cheat it. Yeah, I don't want to cheat myself out of that. You want the absolute edition, right? Yes. Well, so, why not? If you're going for something like that, I'm waiting for the Milo Minara reissue on that one. <laughs> well, I'm getting crickets chirping. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Milo Minaro is like this Italian artist that I love, but he's like the precursor to Adam uh, Adam Hughes in the sense of how hot could you make a chick look in a uh, comic? Okay, yeah, nice. So. Which, which is it, it is pretty much all Adam Hughes is known for now. Uh, even though yeah. he, he is a great artist, but he, he is, and he doesn't get credit for it. No, because my my one of my favorite books he did was uh, Dead of Honor, the Star Trek. See, now you lost me. You lost me. Yeah, Star Trek, you lost us. (laughs) We like Star Wars. (laughs) We do not Trek. Oh, man. You're missing out. It's a great book. You know who draws a hot chick is uh, Greg Horn. Well, he's got Horn in the middle of it. There it is. You expect. There's always a joke in there somewhere. He does. He actually does. So you you mentioned, well, just through the conversation, you mentioned uh, absolutes and all that type of stuff and and what what it made me think about is I don't know if you would have any insight to this at all. So I've been Chuck and I both been collecting the trades of the classic run of a uh, real American hero. Mm-hmm. And we've also been collecting the hardcovers of IDW's run on Transformers. Has there ever been any talk of putting a real American hero into like a hardcover edition or anything like that? No one's ever mentioned anything about it to me. Okay. Oh, um, man, I was- Please say yes, because I would buy it. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. <laughs> there, there might be. I don't. I yeah. honestly don't know. It's funny because they don't tell me anything. <laughs> Not yeah, honestly, they kind of keep I, you in the dark. That's why. Just. Open the basement, throw some food down there, and then close. Yeah. It's not that far from it. <laughs> Draw it's funny. The next time you get you get wind of anybody, you know, having a meeting at work that you're not invited to, um, you know, shoot them an email. Hey, these couple of guys I was talking to were making, you know, hey, there's maybe a hardcover for GI Joe. Is 
because you got at least a couple sales here. And I'm sure they'll base it on just two sales, right? Yeah. Yeah, two sales. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's launch well, most, two sales, guaranteed. Most, most of my begging to IDW comes up when they have those like special limited edition oversized prints of, you know, the printed from the original art. Kind of books yeah. where it's like they did oh, the Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This editions, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when I heard about the Rocketeer, I wrote Carlos this like long ass email of just please, oh my god, I will like be your whore. I don't <laughs> just wow. And Carlos got me one, but he was like, "You're gonna have to pay for it." And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah," but he didn't tell you how you were gonna pay for it. So no, luckily he took cash. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because that's another story. Because Chuck gives out favors for it, so yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> When you're Those in prison, books are you worth it. I told you. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I mean, there hasn't been one done from for me that I was like, okay, I'm going to plop down the cash for it right now. They look beautiful. I mean, the Spider-Man one was close. Yeah, the, Rock, the Rocketeer one was for me though. Was it okay? Hey, Stevens. Oh my God, that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I did the I, uh, John Romita Spider-Man one. Yeah, that looked amazing too. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to get it sometime in the future, but yeah, right now there's yeah. we've actually talked about that too in uh, at work. There's there's certain artists where if I heard that something like that was coming out for them, I would jump all over. I almost did for the Walt Simonson one that they did. Mm-hmm. So oh, for Thor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know if they ever do a George Perez one, I will be all over that. I don't care what the content is. It could be the Alice in Wonderland porn thing that we just talked about that. <laughs> Wow, there you go. Somehow I'll he, borrow that from you. Somehow he drew it, and but if it's yeah, if it's George Perez, I will definitely. You know what I wish they would do though is I, I especially with artists that didn't ink themselves like Dave Stevens, he inked himself. Mm-hmm. I would love you know Marvel was doing those rough cuts for a while. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would love for them to do an oversized like actual size book kind of situation where, where it was pencils. Okay. You know, so there's no yeah. and maybe it's just because I'm. I'm on that end of it, but that you'd like to see it. Sure. Well, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I'd like to see that too. Cause especially if you have the finished product, it's really cool to kind of go back and see, you know, where maybe some subtle changes were made or, or even major changes. And, uh, some, a lot of times I've heard this before and I didn't believe it until I actually started getting into looking at art at shows and talking to creators and everything else. But man, sometimes you look at the pencil work and it's, it was like 20 times better before someone else touched it. Not to speak bad about inkers or colorists, but sometimes it does damage the work. Well, and then I've seen it the other way around, too, where it's like you look at the pencils and it's like, man, that's how it would have looked. I'm glad the other guy touched it up a lot. <laughs> so it goes both ways, yeah. Yeah, because I've, I've heard a lot of stories where it was the guy saved the book on the inks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And I've, I've seen some examples of where that actually happened and you know, but it was still. I, th- I think with certain artists that you just know are going to bring the game on that day, mm-hmm. it would be wonderful to see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, because I have I have some copies of of Adam Hughes stuff in pencils. Okay. It's just regardless of whether it's Mark Farmer, Carl Story, or whoever inking him, who are great inkers, it, the pencils are just phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, I bought the uh, the Jim Lee Batman Hush pencils book. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, and I mean, I've got that one as well. It's just, to me, there's an energy in a pencil image that you just, you know, the inks make it crisp and make it clean, but there's kind of like those little search lines. I especially love it when you can see where they kind of sketched something in and then they took it out. Yeah. 
Um, cause I, I bought some pages off of Butch and it still had kind of like underdrawings on the page cause they were inking off of scans. They weren't inking the actual pages. Okay. So I could see the original, like, oh, that arm doesn't work. I'm going to change it. This doesn't work. You know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It feels like you're sitting in the room with them. Yeah. Well, that's, I bought a, I got from, uh, one, uh, Castro inked page of, uh, Robert's work from Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. like issue number four and it was really cool because it had the the blue undertone and then you got to see all the inked work that went over it and like you said it's, it's really neat because you you feel like you're there watching it being put together because you see all you know the white outs that are put in and you know all all the little mistakes and all the the fine lines and everything else that you you get to see at that full size that you a lot of times don't get to see when it's on that eight and a half by 11 size page. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, cause I was hanging out with Eric Powell who does the goon. Um, and he had an Alan Davis page that Mark Farmer had inked. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was amazing to look at that. Yeah. It, it's just the quality of it. Cause that was the first time I'd ever actually seen Mark Farmer's inks in person. And it was just, it was phenomenal. And Eric's that same way. I mean, Eric Powell's stuff. Yeah. He's really proficient with a brush. And he kind of made his name at first as an anchor before he did the goon. Right. But Eric's he, just, he's really talented. He's also really crazy. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it's funny because his kids are the same way because we both grew up in the Nashville area. And his son, Gage, who's now, you know, in his teens, when he was younger, they came over to the house. And he was just a nut job. The kid, he thought he was like the blue robot ranger or something. <laughs> and my my mom had these glass blocks with lights behind them, and you could kind of put them on a dimmer. So I was I was faking like I was, you know, the Power Ranger robot computer control center or whatever. And I was like, Gage, you must, you know, save the world. And I was kind of doing the lights up whenever I was talking, kind of like a Dalek. Right. Yeah. And he was eating it up. Nice. The kid was just—it was like it was on his own little world. I brought it up to him at a show like a year ago. I was like, "Oh yeah, you came over to the house and I was doing this." He's like, "I don't remember that, dude." <laughs> yeah, I'm too cool for that now. I'm like, okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, it sounds like my one nephew when my wife and I first started dating. My well, my nephew now—he was five years old and now he's 19 and I still tell stories of when he was like five, six, and seven years old and he's like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Yeah. <laughs> They're like, enjoy that old man. I, you know, yeah, whatever. That's I'm back when you. Get, that's back when you were nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go smoke some pot. You do whatever you're gonna do. Oh, but it makes me feel so old too, because he's 19 in college, and I'm just like, oh, you are old, dude. I, I know, I know. Watch it. <laughs> that's all right. I'm older than Ryan. Yeah, but Shannon's older than both of us, so there you go. Thanks. There's always someone. To... <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so, well, one question I, I have for you, just based on, I assume you've had some interactions with him, be, and my one interaction with him wasn't the best. Was uh, is Adam Hughes actually a nice guy? <laughs> Adam has always been very pleasant to me, and I've heard that before. I actually think Adam gets such a rough deal at shows because it's basically everybody's there to get an eBay sketch. Yeah, and which really drives me nuts because I I've got. One from when no one knew him. One when he was kind of doing Ghost. And I'd love to get a third sketch. But now it's like impossible. Yeah, yeah. 
And even though I know him, and I kind of know his wife, um, who she really controls a lot of that stuff, like yeah. his interactions. Yeah, we saw that on yeah. the show. Yeah, and and she's not, you know, nothing against her, but I, there's just so there's like this weird. Adam is such an anomaly at the shows. It's because people are literally just there to try and make a buck off of him. Yeah. And I think he knows that. Yeah. Oh, he definitely yeah. knows it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I go to shows, I'm, I mean, good luck in finding anything listed on eBay from from me, uh, from any creators. Because when I go to a show, if I'm getting a book signed or I'm getting – and I realize I might be in the minority or I probably am in the minority. But when I get a book signed, it's because – I'm a big fan of the person's work. Yeah. And I want it for me. And yeah. I've, I've had times where they go, well, do you mind if I personalize? I'm like, no, go right ahead. My name's Ryan. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, spell my name right. my friend, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's for my wife. Her name is Shannon. Oh, that works out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, I and like you said, it's just because, probably because of what he's had to deal with. I went there with you know really loving his work and his wife, and they were very nice to me at first. And and they just his wife said you know he he's not signing anything right now, but if you come back at such and such time, and I was like oh, okay no problem, thank you very much. And I walked away, and then the next I waited in the long line, and like I wanted something like a hello, uh, look at me. You know, I'm handing you a book that I'm asking you to sign. And I'm trying to talk to you, and he's looking down and he's talking to somebody else that's in his booth behind him and like paying zero attention to me whatsoever. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, I went away and I I, I respect artists and I respect everything they do, but I'm like a little respect back of just saying, oh, thank you or something, not just. Yeah. Put it down, yeah. sign it, and hand it back to me. Not even waited in line over an hour. Not even looking me in the eye and stuff. That was my own, first and only experience with him. So, I mean, it's bad to judge him that way, but and and I'm not saying he didn't because he's. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of it with him too. <laughs> so if you do that at a show, Shannon, I'm going to come across the table. I've been accused <laughs> wow. of it actually. Violent. I, I was accused of it by a, a friend who. Uh, a friend of a friend, and I had met him at one point, and I didn't remember because I'm horrible with names. Yeah. Like, if you ask me your name tomorrow, I probably won't remember. That's fine. I, I made up a nickname for my wife just so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> Good man. Um, That's a smart and, her, and her mom hates it because, <laughs> because her name's Melissa, but I call her Mel. Okay. And I shorten everybody's name, so you will now be known as Chut and Ra. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, I, I'm horrible with names. And this guy came up and he was talking to me, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's great. You know, bring me your stuff, show me your stuff, because he's also an artist. And I thought, I didn't think anything of it. And later he was like, yeah, I saw Gallant, your friend, and he was a complete dick. And I was like, wow. I don't remember you at all, but I'm sorry. Well, if it helps, I use nowadays because of the show, I, I do wear a name tag to the conventions because if the listener wants to find us, they they can just look for start. It has the Star Joe's logo on it. It has my name underneath it. So, oh, well, I can't read. <laughs> well, if you, can, if you can recognize logos, though, you can. Yeah, at least... we, were, we were doing it at first for the groupies and it didn't work out. <laughs> We saw my email about grammar. You think I can read? <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I was like, the guy's, I, I was like, I don't know if we want to interview this guy. He's kind of nuts. <laughs> He's sending me commas and quotation marks. Yeah, you got to remember, though, I'm, I'm responding to all the podcasts that I've been listening to that you did years ago that you've forgotten about. <laughs> you know? Nice. So you did this whole shtick about, like, they don't know what RSVP means. And I'm like, oh, these yeah, guys are did, real dude. grammar Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly just do it to Chuck. So well, yeah, everything I spell wrong on the forums, he corrects, which just pisses me off to no end. But what's great oh. about it is the f- listeners have started doing it to him. I know, I know. <laughs> so now I like spell check all my stuff, and it's bad. But you know what's really bad is that I have to now watch what I put down because people are starting to flip it back on me, and I'm like, I created a monster here. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> no, I would. I would never. I certainly would not ever come to someone that we're hoping to have on the show and say, you spelled this wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. I see how it is. You get special privileges. Oh, just blowing yeah. smoke, and now that I'm done on the show, it'll <laughs> after, Yeah, after the show, you will get another email from me pointing out all the errors that you had in all the past. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, you feel, now you're one of us because he did it to me, too. <laughs> I'm going to take um, out all the punctuation. You really botched this guy's name and, you know. Now, see, well, now see yeah. we're getting more relaxed with you, so so you you can feel free to unleash on us. It's, no. it's perfectly fine. I can't say I'll remember all the things you listen to because usually I'm drunk, but, you know. Wow. I'm drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> well, who ain't? <laughs> what well, about any uh, conventions you're going to this year, uh, the convention circuit, if people wanted to come out and uh, – you know, get an autograph or shake your hand or, you know, <laughs> have, have, chat with you a little bit. You, have you not look at them? When Eric Powell's busy. Thing <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the show, the one show that I always try to make is Charlotte. That was my first show. That was the show I got my first gig from. Um, so it it's Heroes Con has a, like a special place in my heart. Okay. Uh, it's funny because Shelton, the guy that runs the show, knows the show has never remembered my name once. Nice. And I told him, I told him at a DC show, I was like, Shelton, you know, I appreciate you. You never remember my name. And he's like, yeah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I'm like, I draw Gia Joe. And he's like, I don't read it. I don't read it. Nice. I'm like, okay. I, I, said, you know, I was like, I'm going to do a sketch one day that really sells and, and you know, at the auction and, and it's going to make you some money. He's like, I'll remember your name then. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And you keep going back, right? I do. I'm, I'm like, you know, just abuse me some more. Glutton for punishment. <laughs> just beat me. Are any more, any any other conventions this year besides Heroes? Uh, maybe Baltimore. Okay. All right, Baltimore. We'll see. <laughs> or a short, uh, and, uh, You're just saying I, that now. <laughs> I am. Uh, and you're then Tampa. We want to hear Tampa. Yeah, Tampa in October. I think it is the guy. The guy asked me to come down for the show. Nice. Okay. All right. So so. Obviously, you've been to, I'm sure, quite a few conventions, and so the typical question I have to ask, and I'm sure maybe you've been asked it before, but what's the craziest thing someone's asked you to draw that you accepted to draw? Oh, to draw? Yes. Because I I tell the story that I I switched my name to SL because I got too many marriage proposals. Nice. I would go to a show, and somebody would come up to the table and go, when's Miss Gallant going to be here? (laughs) (laughs) I love her work. She's not. <laughs> and she doesn't come to these things. Yeah, and it's funny because you always see that look in their eyes like, I'm going to meet my dream girl. She draws comic books. We're going to hit it off and get married. <laughs> yeah, it's a sausage fest. Sorry. Yeah, not going to happen. 
You're mm-hmm. cute and I like you, but no. Right. Yeah. Um, Get in the car. Yeah. The craziest thing that ever happened was this, and this was back, I, I have two careers in comics. I had one back in the early 90s, and then the industry tanked, and I didn't work for like 10 years. Wait, the 90s, they tanked? What? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? No, you were four. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's that's actually when I got really heavy into comics, uh, sad to say, but... Yeah, I, I actually, my first gig was with DC. Okay. Um, and then I did some stuff for Dark Horse, and they won't touch me with a 10-foot pole now. Um, <laughs> what did you do for Dark Horse? <laughs> I did... Apparently some this. bad stuff. Did you do an now, Alan Moore book that we were just talking about? <laughs> almost. It was uh, Andrew Vox. Uh, he writes... He's a lawyer, and he does all this stuff that's kind of like against child prostitution in Thailand and all this other things. But he writes these novels... And they're called Cross, or, or based on this character called Cross. And it's kind of like these fringe society guys who have become mercenaries. And it's kind of like the A-Team if they were on crack. Okay. <laughs> um, <It> sounds good. <laughs> so anyway, so I did this miniseries for him. And it was the only time I've ever gotten literally a phone book of corrections back from a writer. Oh, wow. And it was like... A hundred pages of complaints about, you know, his arm doesn't look right. This doesn't look right. This doesn't, you know, and uh, it was just kind of a nightmare. I did that. I did an issue of Johnny Quest, which was a serial tie-in back when they relaunched Johnny Quest. Okay. And then I did the solo movie adaptation with uh, Mario Van Peebles. Wow. Which was a highlight for me. Yeah. A highlight of my career. <laughs> well, Mario Van Peebles is, it has given me uh, one of the worst movies in my life that I've seen. Exit. No, that was actually decent. <laughs> it was uh, was Posse. Oh, that I, that was bad. I went and saw that in the movie theater and uh, almost walked out. <laughs> Were the Young Guns double billing? <laughs> I love Young Guns, man. Young Guns, man. <laughs> awesome. Ouch. <laughs> It's no tombstone, I will give you that, but it's it's good for like leave your brain at the door. You're gonna Seriously? watch. You're gonna watch really. You're just gonna watch some goofy western Bre- stuff. Breakfast Club with saddle sores, really. <laughs> What's wrong with ba- Breakfast Club? <laughs> no, I love Breakfast Club. But I'm just, that's why I couldn't buy these guys as cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio Estevez is a cowboy. Yeah, I'm in it. Well, so you you're gonna win. Yeah. You're gonna do what you're gonna. You know. Like, you have to understand, though. I didn't see Breakfast Club until like a few years ago. Oh, well, then that's your first mistake. Right. Exactly. I understand that. I understand that. I accept that. <laughs> but no, I I, I, lo- I went to go see Posse in the theater because I liked. I thought I would like the concept behind it, which was black cowboys sticking together, which to me is what a posse is. And they they backstabbed each other and didn't stick together. And I was like, and there was and there was flash forwards and flashbacks, and someone was smoking peyote at one time. And half the audience had to be smoking peyote. <laughs> so so, anyways, back to your story. <laughs> yeah, back to the original. Back to the funny books. Yeah. Was well, so my the back to the question, which was the the craziest sketch. There was right. my first career around. I was at a small convention. Well, actually, no, it was Dragon Con uh, back in the day when it was about comic books and not cosplay trying to hook up. This guy had a character that he had created, and he wanted sketches by different people. Okay. And the thing was is all the character was was a hot chick in a tank top and high heels. (laughs) 
That was the character. Okay. Nothing else. She wasn't wearing anything else. And it was like you, he was like, well, you, you have to draw her holding her shirt down so you can't see anything. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so I drew this character, and he, and he came back by, and he grabbed the sketch, and, and he was like, disappointed, didn't want to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever, don't pay for it, go. And then I was walking around the convention, and I saw, like, somebody else doing the same character. And I got into this, like, long discussion about, you know, drawing this character with his tank top and the high heels. And the guy goes, yeah, you know, he's kind of a nut job. And I heard he's got other collections that he does. Like, you know, he has other characters that he wants drawn, and it's always... Two chicks, two villain, you know, like Poison Ivy, and, and there was like some guy that used to collect Poison Ivy and Harlequin, you know, oh. compromising position sketches. Nice. But yeah, it was, that was, the, he just wanted her in this tank top and high heels covering her crotch, and that was the character sketch. Wow. <laughs> I, I found my con sketch uh, that I want this year. <laughs> I found my theme. <laughs> It was just a creepy vibe. It yeah. wasn't so much that it was the sketches, so much as like you're really adamant about getting drawings of this chicken yeah. tank top. Well, yeah. and that's the thing that's weird about it too. I mean, just going to conventions in, in general is like I I feel and I, I think Chuck feels the same way. Like I feel like I'm just a regular guy. This is just the stuff I like. Yeah. And like I bathe and I take care of myself and I have a job and then I have yeah. a life and. Well, you're unique in so many of those areas. I know. <laughs> Especially yeah, I the bathing one. Yeah. Teeth, I got clean clothes on. Right. Oh, and I have a girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a girl. So above half the people there. Yeah. I like sports. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's a sport? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you go there and it's like, wow. Like, it's, well, it, it says something about our industry and, like, every book that I've read about how to break in. Mm-hmm. It talks about you got to go to conventions and show your portfolio. And the first rule is bathe. Right. Like, why Why? Why do we have to point that out? <laughs> why do you have to say that? Yes. Should, should that be a no-brainer? Well, I remember seeing on uh, – I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Ethan Van Skyver or somebody. It may have been him. But somebody posted, like, the rules of conventions. It wasn't Skyver. It was somebody else on their blog. They posted the rules of convention. I remember on Facebook I said – one of the rules that you're missing is bathing. And he says, I will, and he laughed, but he was like, I, I don't want to really dignify that be, for the sim- and put that in my list because he says, I feel like that's something someone should already know how to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But, uh, I've, I've, so many times I've stood behind like a group of people learning from someone like Brian Stelfreeze has this perspective speech that he gives. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And I've told people, I go, if you ever get a chance to con Brian into giving this speech, you know, listen to it. It's worth the hour of your time. Yeah. And then a friend of mine was at the convention listening to the speech, and he said, yeah, I ended up behind the guy who hadn't bathed for a week. Oh, geez. And he was, And the problem was is he was right at the edge of the table. And it, he said it was funny because Brian was trying to lean back away from the table <laughs> and give the speech. You know, and everybody else is leaning in to hear Brian because he's trying not to talk too loud. Wow. So it was like this force field of stank. Just <laughs> Stinkor. Yeah. Right. Oh, Kobayashi go. Maru kind of like. <laughs> now, has there, out, outside of, I, I would assume, uh, porn is something you, you would refuse, but is there anything else outside? What, really? What? Oh, no. What? No. Uh-uh. Oh, you haven't even refused that, huh? <laughs> Attaboy. I'm I was married. Just, I was just kind of curious. Was there anything that you have refused to draw? The only time I've come close to that is uh, 
I like I, he I, like starts the story. I've only come <laughs> close to. It. Well, no, I, I did it, but I almost did it. No, 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 no. There was I can't remember what book it was that I was drawing, but it, it was kind of hinting that it was going to go toward a rape scene. Okay. And I I just I don't feel like that has to be explicit right. or or really need to be included in a book. Yeah. Um. It's kind of like you. Uh, okay, I understand the story aspect of it. Sure. And you can hint at it, and you can kind of include it in your overall f- story for the character. But I don't really feel like it needs to be explored in the book. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, you and Alan Moore work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen now. <laughs> not anymore. No, I, no, I know what you're saying because I remember uh, like one of my favorite stories that I've, I've ever read was the Identity Crisis that they yeah. did, and it obviously that plays a factor in the story. Yeah. But they didn't, like you said, they weren't overt about it. It was just something that was implied, and it 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 was a story element that, you know, for what the story they were trying to tell, it made sense, but you don't need to, like you said, you don't need to show stuff. You don't need to really get explicit about it. If, and, and many times you don't even need to go in that direction. So I just, I just don't want to, I, I personally don't feel comfortable making it overly developed, All right. I guess is the way of describing it because it's, it's, it's a traumatic issue. And, and, and my first wife, unfortunately, had gone through that. And it, it just, it, there's just a lot of issues with it. And especially if you want, all you got to do is watch Intervention to see how many people. Right. It really messes up their oh, lives. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's such a traumatic event. And sometimes, I just don't think it needs to be glorified is, is, I guess, where I'm going with that. Yeah. And I think sometimes guys use it as an, a scapegoat for a story instead of coming up with an original idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that that that's my one area. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, putting a gun in somebody's head and blowing a brain out now. <laughs> Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, all about, about that. that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me too. Like speaking of that, one of the things that pops in my head all the time is like when I'm watching a movie and like the bad guy kills a dog, and I'm like, oh, that, that you didn't need to do that, but killing the guy, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I get more pissed off about like fucking dog didn't it? like Harry Potter. Yeah. When it was like a, a Hedwig or whatever the the owl dies. Yeah. And and Dobby. Yeah. Because like, I always pictured Dobby as a pet. He wasn't really. I'm like, I'm like ah. And then the Weasley brother <laughs> dies. I'm like, eh, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. 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 But you killed Dobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that like yeah. It's one of those things. Like, well, you you can do the, you can get away with certain things and people will accept it. Like. Killing a lot of people is fine, but leave the dog alone, or leave the little leave the little kid alone. <laughs> you just can't go there. It's like that idiot or gag. It's like you know, if you're a dictator and you kill three million people, we're all like, good show, oh, excellent, <laughs> that was fun. Well, that's like the I just read Old Man Logan too, and at the end of that story, he takes the little young Hulkling with him. He doesn't kill him, so yeah, yeah, I read that. I actually read that recently as well. It's a great story. Wonderful. Yeah, kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, oh, yeah. Growing up in Tennessee, it was a little, uh, a little creepy. <laughs> a little close to home, huh? Yeah, little. a little bit. <laughs> the Hulk family you're talking about, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. deliverance. <laughs> now, uh, I mean, are you've been on uh, Real American Hero for for a little while now? We'll get back to comics now. <laughs> but you've been on Real American Hero for a little while now. I mean, is it? I assume at certain days it, it does become, it does have the feel of a job, but is it, 
you know, is it still feeling like, wow, I can't believe I'm on this book at times or. It's weird because Larry, right when I start to get frustrated with it, Larry switches it up. Okay. (laughs) So it's kind of like with the blue ninja thing. I'm like, if I draw one more blue ninja. (laughs) Oh, so you're getting tired of the blue ninjas too. (laughs) Well, I'm past the blue ninjas. You, you haven't gotten there yet. That's true. I forgot. Is there anything you can kind of hint at or tell us what's coming? And not if you want me to stay on the book. <laughs> okay. Understood. Understood. Um, no, uh, we've got a we've got a big issue coming up on uh, 180. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a uh, a fun issue, like uh, basically kind of like a, a, a fan issue. Okay. Nice, nice. Um, and I will say to you, that's where you get your shout out. Okay. All right. So. So that will be an issue for you guys to look forward to. I will be looking for that. Sure. And as awesome. well as many friends. Many copies of each. <laughs> and my wife. My wife gets a shout out. Nice. 180. Nice. Okay. Is she aware of that? <laughs> yeah, she's she's uh, already telling family members. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't the last before. time she was in a book, she got sucked out of an airlock. I was going to say, I didn't know what you were doing to her in the book, so maybe you didn't yeah. want her to know. <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking for the shout-out for your wife, what, what should we be focusing our eyes around? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, when, when, we'll when, chat later. This, yeah. this is After 180 comes out. This is why I can't have Chuck on episodes. <laughs> no, I, I want to know what I'm going to look for. I, sure. I've never met his wife. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know what sure. her name is. So I, I get that. I told you that earlier. Yeah. Don't you listen? Oh, Melissa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Call her Mel. Mel. Here's the thing, Shane. You've listened to enough shows already to know. He doesn't Uh, listen to anybody else but himself. That's not true. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was just listening to me. (laughs) That's that's not true half the time. Exactly. So, half the time. (laughs) That's the other thing he'll do a lot of times is, is he'll throw a little something in there, a little comment in there, and while we're recording, I didn't pick up on it. And then I go to do the editing, and I go, that bastard, he said. <laughs> that's probably that's the best part of the man. show. Yeah. 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 No, I, sometimes There's I just... quick jabs in here, and he doesn't pick up on them. Yeah. And then the editing comes, and I'm like... Something. The, the great part about it, though, is that I am in control of the editing, so I always get the last yeah. laugh, regardless. Yeah. So I won't yeah, be in this the, episode. The one, right. time the, <laughs> the one time I won the fantasy football. Uh, oh God, don't start. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring it up. But I won, and I said to Ryan, "I'm like, play some like little intro music, you know, pump it up, and I'll I'll come in like I won, and it'll be great." Well, this guy plays. It's raining men. Oh yeah, so that was hilarious. And Chuck, goes, and of course, in the episode, he doesn't know that that's what I'm gonna play. So he's like, "Okay, that sounded good." <laughs> All right, that's nice. I won. Good job. So, so watch out, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid. But see, I, I, I won't listen to it anyway. All over you too. I, I won't listen to it anyway because I, I hate the way it sounds. So, oh, we'll listen to it for you. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> I'll distort your voice. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make it low? Can I sound like James Earl Jones or sure, something? Sure, sure. No, you're going to sound like Optimus Prime. No, I sound like I'm from the Birdcage with like Nathan Lane or something. So. <laughs> oh, I, no, I would not go that far. <laughs> no, I'll just yeah. In fact, if you want, what I'll do is I'll just insert James Earl Jones's voice in as answering all the questions that we've had. That works. <laughs> nice. Talking this to is how I will sound. Exactly. That's yeah, pretty good, actually. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do that. The whole show. Okay. I'm not drawing the can... joke. Well, see, we we've already recorded. 
well, yeah. about an hour. So people, you're not going to fool anyone now. <laughs> but but we can announce at some point in the future that we are going to be interviewing James Old Jones, and then we'll have you come on again. <laughs> well, let's not say that because we don't want to lie. Let's say we're going to interview Darth Vader. Well, I'll take it out. I'll take it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So no one will know. No one will know. Or, or could you could just say I have the operation. <laughs> oh, nice. there you go. Uh, so, uh, put a damper on it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Darth Vader. Yeah. So how about Darth that? Vader. How about that guy? G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the Geekcast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Movie Week in Review is the Geekcast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Back to G.I. Joe. No, so uh, any other projects that you have coming up or anything else that you're working outside of Real American Hero? Not that anyone would care about. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you don't know our audience. Well, yeah. no, because I, I have a PR and, and advertising background, so a lot of what I do outside of comics is just advertising. Okay, stuff. okay. So I do a lot of storyboarding. Oh. Any, so. Anything we would know or that you can talk about? Are you watching a lot of colorectal PSAs? Or, you know, no, I'm not. Big on your only, list? Only during my weekends. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Old Spice or Doritos or something. <laughs> Almost. No, no colonoscopy. Yeah. Got a, no. I got a couple of years and then I'm ready for that nightmare. So, so sitting up back with the age jokes. All right. <laughs> so how, how, <laughs> you got to go with what you have. So how? Yeah. How, if, okay, so if you're doing that type of work and you're drawn, and you're drawn real American hero, how schizophrenic are you? <laughs> have you met me? Yeah. No. As much as have you met me? <laughs> no. Have you met me? No. What about my other me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's me, myself, and I. No, it's it's, it's a change of pace. Uh, I used to do stuff for Titan in England, and it was a Shrek comic book. Okay. Um, and I did a very short-lived Family Guy version for them, <laughs> which I drew it and never saw a print. Wow! Wow! So yeah, that was a that was a nightmare project. See, you don't say it never saw a print. You just say it's extremely rare. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. It was extremely <laughs> rare in a Xerox printout by some guy. Very collectible. 
if you find it in print, I will buy it from you. I need to see it. Let me know. Yes. I don't think it made it to color. So I I think it's time to to ask. No, okay. no, 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 no. But no, I no. think we can have some good discussions here with with some of the the rapid fire questions for you. Oh, because okay. we're gonna. Because I are we gonna are we gonna do Tatooine to. <laughs> Springfield to Tatooine. And we, yes, and we'll cover your latest. Only if you want to talk about 180. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. We'll save that. I want. I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, we'll 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 save it for when we actually read it. No, you're welcome. If you want to cover the comics that we 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 cover, you're welcome on any time. I don't to read do that. <laughs> Why does he read them? Why would you read Why? them? I draw them. <laughs> I, I I I work on them before the words are there. <laughs> I just see the pictures. Yeah, I got a whole other story in my head, and some guy goes in and writes words. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that ruins a book for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, no, it shouldn't have. No, no. Well, that, but when I when I get the scripts from Larry, there's no dialogue. Really? He writes in the he writes in the old Marvel style, which is kind of like a, a you know, now that's a general description of the page. And yeah. So you have you actually so you actually have been surprised sometimes of where something went or what was oh i'm always surprised where something (laughs) (laughs) well it is it is i enjoy reading (laughs) one time i drew this guy who apparently was dead yeah sneak peek i'm not saying (laughs) oh i'm sorry yeah i need to know basis and you don't need to know that that caused i sound like my wife yeah well and, and honestly though i mean the sad part is is i think it's actually one of the strongest story runs we've done I would agree with you because I actually liked the fact of how it was handled and, and what went on with the character. I mean, it was a lot of it was little snippets here and there, but it was it was well done. Yeah, I, I enjoy it all. Yeah, yeah. I actually I actually enjoy the more spy line stories that he does. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was telling, I think I was having this conversation with John Thurman about when I was a kid. I always pictured GI Joe as kind of like a you know the 007 agents if they were in the States. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where it's like oh, yeah. they had all the gadgets, they were super trained, they were the best of the best. You know, they just had very distinctive costumes as opposed to a tuxedo. Right. No, I could see that. That, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I, I can imagine uh, the the places that Larry's mind goes. And I don't know if I'd want to actually see where <laughs> where he could have gone <laughs> in his mind. But. Yeah, because I don't, I he, I don't find out what's going to happen in an issue until I get the script. Right. And a lot of the times when I'm doing the cover sketches or the cover drawings, I don't know what the book's going to be about. Okay. So I'm actually basing it on the previous issue of where I think the story might be going. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you help contribute to the fact that we we're we're getting tricked on the cover of like, ooh, that's going to be cool. Let me open this issue. Oh, that's not what happened. Yeah, and, and that's where that's where it's coming from. It's I I hearken it back to the kind of old '70s covers where the they weren't exactly about what was in the story. Right. It was kind of yeah. like an impression. Yeah, you know, it was like the third. You know, I told two friends, and they told two friends, and that's what they thought the book was about. See, that's how we're going to start reviewing it in the future. Now, then, we're going to start based on the cover. Yeah, we're going to base it on the cover. <laughs> And we're that's how say, I used to buy books as a kid. I would buy the cool-looking covers, and sometimes I'd be disappointed. 
We're going to be and like, that's what I try to do. I try to disappoint you. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, we're going to base it on, okay, what, where did Shannon think this story was going to go? <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> that's a new segment of the show now. Right. Thoughts with Shannon. And then I can come in and tell you, no, this is where I thought it was going to go. We're going to call it the Gallant Gap. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> it's the gap in the story that obviously Shannon had no idea where it was going. <laughs> we'll, think, we'll, we'll, we'll put where we want to, thought it would have went. We'll talk to you and see where you thought it would have went. And then we'll, we'll just talk to Larry and see where it's going to go. Yeah. Mine like, always involves, like, clowns. <laughs> Yikes. As long as it doesn't involve Cobra Law, we're good. Yeah, really. Oh, you're not going to like 180 then. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't do that to me. Please, I'm kidding. Please don't oh. bring the bug people into it. <laughs> All right, so you get some rapid All fire. Right, yes, I got some rapid fire questions, and I, I just wrote them up uh, not that long ago. So <laughs> so I tried to – these are uh, – you've heard the episodes. I don't know if you've heard ones with interviews. I, I would – I hope you did to prepare yourself for what you were facing, but <laughs> you need a moment. But these are these are classic debates that we've had on the show, and some of them are, some of them are just classic debates in general. So the first one we always use to weed out, you know, people is Star Wars or Star Trek. Babylon Five. <laughs> Babylon Five. No, I never watched Babylon Five. Uh, oh. You can answer honestly. We won't like you, but you can answer honestly. <laughs> From an influence standpoint, I have to go with Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Because it, it, it changed my life. I mean, honestly. I mean, that's what made me want to draw comic books. Okay. Nice. Nice. Well, it's what made me end up doing a podcast, obviously. So. Yeah. Uh, cake or pie? Cake. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting if you can bake bacon into it, doesn't uh, matter what it is. Bacon on everything. That's true. That's an acceptable answer if you put bacon on it. Bacon. Bacon makes everything better. Yeah. Yes. If he's willing to put bacon on the cake, it's an acceptable answer. Okay. Oh, easily. <laughs> bacon cupcakes? Have you had those? I have not. I had bacon chocolate chip cookies. My wife made some of those. Oh, they're good. Oh, they are. I, I had, had them the first time at Super Show. I, I will have to try the bacon cupcakes. So. Bacon, well, bacon toffee popcorn. Out. They were awesome. I had, I had a friend make bacon toffee bacon toffee popcorn for Christmas. Oh, wow. Nice. So good. I'm getting hungry now. I'm hungry for bacon. <laughs> All right. Uh, just refocus. I think you, you've heard us have this debate many, many times, I'm sure. Uh, Duke or Flint? Ooh, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> he plays it safe. He does. I, I can't argue with that answer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those. I, I have to admit this, though. As somebody pointed out when I was drawing the recent issue of the head Flint and, and uh, Lady J in it. Yeah. And the, the guy was griping that I always made Lady J look like her hair was greasy. Okay. And I have to admit, I always thought she was gay. <laughs> I think a lot of people nice. did. <laughs> I always thought she was a lesbian, even on the show. And there's, I always thought she was just kind of toying with Flint. Yeah. You know, I always thought Flint had this like, oh, if she'd just, you know, sleep with me, I'd make her straight. <laughs> well, she has that Flint Melissa could, Etheridge kind of voice. Yeah. Short Flint, hair. and could, yeah, yes. I, I get it. Flint could make her straight, okay? Wow. <laughs> That's asking a lot from Flint. That's asking a lot from Flint, yeah. But he is the man, I'm sorry. No, no. So. No, Duke is the man. Okay, we're not going to talk about Hawk, but okay. <laughs> Hawk, yeah. All right. Can you change your Hawk, or are we going with Spirit on this? What's, no, I'm what's sticking with, I always stick with Spirit. Okay. Okay. Well, well, you mentioned it, so Scarlet or Lady J? Oh, Scarlet. Okay. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. Because apparently she's the only one who likes guys. <laughs> In my world. 
<laughs> in your Joe verse, she's the only one who likes cats. Well, wouldn't that make Lady J better then? <laughs> I'll watch. Oh, hang, hang on. It's like the bacon thing. I got to refocus. Hang on. Wait, right. Baroness. I should have said Baroness. There, there, there. Should have said Baroness. Cover change girl. Answer, change the answer. Uh, Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? Snake Eyes. Okay. But but with the goggles. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, Commando yeah. Snake Eyes, nice. I've, I've actually asked Larry to try and write it into where we can distinguish the series by putting him back in the goggles. Nice. Nice. Because I'd, I'd like to keep that visual cue that you're in one universe or the other. Yeah. No, that a, would work for me. That would be reason. awesome. Yeah. Good idea. Okay, this this might be delving into the territory that you're not as familiar with, but uh, Autobot or Decepticon? <laughs> he doesn't even like Transformers. Crickets. It's uh, uh, what was that? What was the one I used to watch when I was a kid? Gobots. <laughs> no, it wasn't Gobots, and it wasn't. It was the uh, Orbots. Oh, Mighty Orbots. Okay. Mighty Orbots. Yeah. I okay. actually love that cartoon. That was a good cartoon. One vote for Orbots. Okay. Oh, uh, this this next one, these next couple ones. Uh, and I'll just pick something. Don't worry about. It. No, well, yeah, but these next couple. Well, no, you'll know this these ones because oh, okay. you talked about your influences. But these have been massive debates on the show. So, C three P or R two D two. Ouch, man! They were always a, a set. I never made a distinction. Oh, there's a distinction. <laughs> I would have to go R two. All right. Good man. And related to Star Wars, is Chewbacca a sidekick? No. Thank you. What are you talking about? Of course he is. No. No. He is not a He's the definition of sidekick. No, he's not. He had his own holiday special. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Stop the interview. Oh, my God. Please tell me you didn't listen to that episode. I haven't listened to it, but I made my wife watch it for the first time this Christmas, and she's oh, still bitter. Why did you do that to her? <laughs> she's still bitter. I don't blame of her. Of course, I'm still bitter at Ryan for making me do it. I, I've seen it twice, and once for the show, and, oh, it, like, I'm a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan, and I, even I will say that's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, I've enjoyed every episode we've done except that one. <laughs> you but, know what? I, I can't. I'm sorry, it's right up there with the, the Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park movie. <laughs> That's I, better. I swear, I've seen that. I own a copy of that, and that is better than Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but I'll watch them back to back. I'll watch that, and then I'll watch, oh. Sigmund, and, oh. I'll watch Sigmund and the Sea Monster, like the entire Land of the Lost run, even the oh. like, crappy last season episodes. Yeah. I'm going to throw up. See, I liked Land of the Lost, too. <laughs> I used to I, watch I, it as yeah, a kid. This, yeah, because that's the thing, is, is no matter how bad those shows are, when I'm watching them, I feel like I'm like four or five sure. again. I get that, but yeah, I, I, I'm usually drunk, which I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, when I'm I was. not going back and watching that sober. Star Wars yeah. holiday special is yeah, can't be watched sober anymore. And I, I compare it every movie after that. I compare it to that. I, I realize it wasn't a movie, but it was just as long and it took just as much of my life away. So. And I, I, I listen to the, the holiday album every year. Oh, I still have my I, LP. I have. Well, I don't have the LP, but I have a CD of it. So, yeah. And and I love how that was Bon Jovi's first appearance. You know, I'm I'm still partial to the whole "What do you get a Wookie for Christmas?" thing. Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. So, last que- last question for you from oh. Rapid Fire. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got more. <laughs> okay, that's we fine. Ask, we can ask more, but I, I 
I figured I didn't want to abuse you. didn't want to impose on your time. You're <laughs> no, I'm, I'm generous to us. So. It's obvious that we're getting to the point where you want me to go away. <laughs> no, I just don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned that Star Wars was something that you you collected as a kid. That was your era. Mm-hmm. And, and no, that wasn't an old joke again. But <laughs> what was your favorite Star Wars toy? Ooh. Figure or actual toy? Like Let's I, do both. I Let's always do both. go with distinction. Let's do both. If that makes it any easier for you. Not really. Because I was actually, I was the empty box kid. Okay. My 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 mom got me the the card, and I was like, what the hell is this? Um, and then when the figures arrived in like a little white box, yeah. and it was just the four figures, I was like the happiest kid on the planet. Oh, yeah. And then years later, we went to California because my dad was doing a, a convention or something. And it was when they released the Yoda figure. Okay. And I bought the figure when we were in California. I begged. I was like that screaming kid laying in the aisle at the nice. toy store. Yeah. And I got <laughs> the Yoda figure. Upstairs taking a sleep. Yeah. And I was like two or three weeks ahead of everybody in Tennessee. So I was the shit for like three weeks. Oh, nice. Because I had my Yoda figure before everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so Yoda with a little plastic snake. Right. That would be my favorite figure. Yeah. Although my dog, for some reason, always bit the heads off of the Obi-Wan characters. <laughs> so I went through like eight of those. Uh, and then the toy would be a toss-up between the Death Star set. Okay. Because okay. I, I love the trash compactor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the rest of it I could live without. The trash compactor was the shit. With the Dianoga and the little oh, yeah. little foam things and... Yeah, my dad. My dad actually used to store his drum equipment with extra foam, so I actually had like extra trash. Nice. So I made I made my own trash one as I kept losing the other stuff. <laughs> uh, and but the land speeder for some reason. Oh yeah. I loved the land speeder because it was like the the great, you know, it, yeah, it was cool. Rocked back and forth like the actual film. Yeah. I I eventually snapped off the little back uh, thruster, the top <gasps> the top. Thin thruster because I. How the hell did you do that? I I used that as the handle and you know one time I just fell while I was playing and snapped it right off. Oh no! Wait, and the the uh, Millennium Falcon because I have to rub that in. Oh. Oh Jesus. Okay, interview's over. Because <laughs> I, I had that, yeah. Yeah, I did not have. Because I had that. <laughs> well, the funny thing is when we went to Columbus to the toy show, there was a bunch of vintage Millennium Falcons laying around. And we saw a couple of little kids and uh, their fathers walking out to the car with them, and the kids were really excited to get them. And I'm like, see, that's how I would have been if I would have had one. Now, was this the reissue or was this actual? No, it was the original one. They they had those. They had they had both, obviously, but the, yeah. the, the kids were buying the original ones. Yeah. But their dads were buying it for the kids. I loved mine. God, yeah. I just love my USS flag. So. Oh, gee, for, for the love of God. <laughs> I see my yeah because I I was I wasn't into toys I was into Star Wars I wasn't into the Joe toys but my neighbor who was my best friend at the time had the flag okay and yeah the thing took up the entire damn living room oh yeah yeah it's huge yeah a friend of mine uh, when I grew grew up living down the street he had it and it was in his bedroom and it took up an entire wall almost of his bedroom yeah it was on the opposite That's... side of his bed if it... so how much how much was it when it came out hundred bucks yeah. So what is that in today's dollar though? Like two thousand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know, and it's just kind of odd. I would venture to guess maybe like 
th- around 300 range. Yeah. Yeah. Three, yeah, 350. Probably. And I'd pay that. Because well, for one brand new box right now, sure, why not? Yeah. But I mean, it, it should have folded up into a microwave or something. I mean, it, it should have had another. It should have been able to mow your lawn. Well, I I wish it would have had enough support because you could really realistically, as a kid, you could have used it as a bed. Yeah. On it, yeah. Now that would have made sense. Yeah, that was great. I did have a, was I did have a yeah, Joe sleeping bag. I just know that my, when I got the Death Star for Christmas, this was back when I still believed in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. What? And Wait. What? I, yeah, that that's still we we push up. <laughs> There may be a child listening. But I remember asking my mom, like, the next morning, was Santa Claus drunk? Because my dad (laughs) had gotten so frustrated with all the stickers that he was just kind of slapping them on, and they weren't where they were supposed to be. (laughs) And even as a kid, I could tell it didn't line up, like, with the console pattern or whatever it was. I was like, what the hell? Santa sucks. Santa bites the big one. <laughs> My stickers are all messed up. Now, do you have? Do you collect much of anything right now? Well, he's, he's got that shoebox full of uh, headless Obi Wan Kenobi's. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always thought that's how he died in the film. After a while, he's collecting those. So <laughs> the dog came by. A giant dog came by and bit the head off. Well, I started. I bought a couple of remote control Daleks. Okay. And it's one of those things like you never tell anybody that you bought something because then people start sending you those. Okay. Right. So I have an, the company that I worked for, Titan, which was in England doing the Shrek stuff. I became friends with the editors. And when they found out I was in Doctor Who, mm-hmm. they started sending me Doctor Who stuff. Okay. So now I have like those mini Lego version. Oh, okay. Oh, characters. cool. Yeah. So I have all the doctors in that size. Then I have all the doctors in like a normal action figure size. I have a David Tennant uh, era sonic screwdriver. Okay. And then I have a Matt Smith sonic screwdriver. Nice. And so it's it's getting to the point where it's like enough. Is that like a lightsaber or what? what? <laughs> it's cooler than a lightsaber. Cooler. cooler. I, no, nothing's cooler than a lightsaber. Okay, I agree with that. <laughs> that's what's <laughs> Yeah, you need that shelf in the bathroom to start putting all this stuff in because apparently you're running out of room. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was the biggest disappointment as a child was getting the lightsaber toy and finding out it was just a flashlight with a big plastic tube. Yeah. And like a colored disc to make it blue or red. Yeah. This isn't going to cut through anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing was is you'd fight with your brother with them for like two minutes right. and then they would just like become floppy, plastic beaten, folded yeah. tubes. Yeah. I mean, well, they didn't hold up at all. For a couple of minutes, and your parents take them away because you're wailing on each other. Well, that, I had a teacher confiscate one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's what we. I mean, they make those uh, expensive lightsaber models nowadays, and I see people at conventions like sword playing with them, and I'm like, I, if I paid that kind of money, you're not getting anywhere near it <laughs> with yeah. another one. But it's a lightsaber. You got to do it. <sighs> no, no, I don't know. Money, money starts talking to me like you break this. <laughs> It's not gonna yeah, work. But if, you, if you're a true Jedi and you have the Force on your side, I just have flash. <laughs> I have flashbacks of the the my Rancor eating my Wicket that I had just bought. <laughs> and it's gone forever. I searched forever for that Wicket, and then I get it home, and I'm like playing with the Rancor. Go ahead, eat it. No, now it's in its stomach. I can't get it out. <laughs> I'm not gonna bust up a Rancor, so. <laughs> like I, I've never it just rattled like, around inside. It just rattled around inside. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> just torturing you. <laughs> I know it's in there. I can hear it. I got the updated Rancor that came out 
a few years ago, and luckily that one's mouth, when it opens, there's no, it doesn't go into the, the body of the beast. So Yeah, it's not hollow. I could see the design production meetings on that one. Okay, we have to close off. <laughs> <laughs> Too many letters in the 70s and 80s about kids losing their Ewoks in the raincoat. <laughs> and all the letters are from me, but just signed by a different kid. <laughs> Look at this tear-stained letter from this little kid named Ryan. The sad thing was I was 22 when I wrote those letters. Yeah. <laughs> That's not sad. That's believing. <laughs> okay, I have to tell an embarrassing story. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, I applied for a job with the uh, Muppet Creature Shop. Awesome. Okay. And I made the mistake of telling them about my childhood, <laughs> <laughs> which involved having a count puppet. Okay. okay. That I was convinced was going to drain my blood in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I literally used to beat the thing up every night and throw it into the closet. You would beat up a Muppet. I beat up a Muppet. We we have a we well we have a listener, Daryl Taylor from the DC Noise podcast will appreciate the fact that you beat up a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every night. And I thought, oh, this will get me the job. <laughs> Let me tell them I abuse Muppets on a daily basis as a kid. You know they still, you know they still sit around the office and laugh about it. You know it's probably <laughs> up on the wall in the in the cafeteria or something. Yeah. Right. You will not believe what someone told us. <laughs> Remember when the guy came in for an interview and he told us he beat up his Muppets? I mean, my God. Uh, so I take you didn't get that job. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Just rub it in. <laughs> well, I got I got turned down by the Muppets uh, asking for an autograph. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can't, they can't did you, did you expect hands, Kermit dude? to suddenly <laughs> develop like coordination enough to? Yeah. No, I have to tell well, the story. I'm sorry, little boy. I can't hold your pain. <laughs> I have to tell the story because it's pretty. It's pretty funny. So, well, mind you, how I was, old were you? I was an Let's adult. I was an adult. <laughs> I was 25. Uh, yeah, this I was actually, a week ago. I actually was 25. Because <laughs> what it, what we had done was for our wedding because I was get, that's when I was getting married. We wrote to a lot of celebrities as, and told them we were getting married, and we thought, you know, it'd be great if you could send us an autographed picture just congratulating us. And what we did is we actually hung that up at the reception with all these different celebrities. Well, one of the things I wrote to is I wrote... You're trying to big time your friends. I got you. I yeah, got you. Yeah. So we just thought it'd be something fun. So one of the places I wrote to was Jim Henson Studios, and I said I was a big fan of the Muppets growing up, and I would love it if that you'd send like an autographed picture just saying, hey, congratulations, your friend Kermit, whatever, you know, something like that. <laughs> Waka Waka Fuzzy. Yeah, so I, I get a form. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> so I get, nice. I get a form letter from them, which we got a lot oh, of. We got a rejection form yeah, letter. Yeah, we got a rejection <laughs> form letter. From I'm afraid that. <laughs> right. Which we got a lot of rejection form letters. So I, so I open it up and it's this description about how they can't disturb the puppeteers because of all the production work and all that. You know, it was like, OK, I wasn't expecting the puppeteers to actually sign it or anything like that. But this the guy, whoever sent this form letter to me, put a little asterisk in there and wrote an asterisk at the bottom and wrote referring to the date of my wedding and referring to about how, you know, he's sure that I would understand how they can't respond to, to things like that. And I'm thinking, dude, you could have taken a picture of Kermit and wrote, congratulations, Kermit, <laughs> Kermit. <the> yeah. <laughs> rather than sending me a form letter with a personalized note at the bottom. Of- oh, my oh, God, what a, Jack what a dick move. That's awesome. <laughs> 
I'm like, if it had just been a form letter, I would have been like, okay, whatever, throw it aside. But the fact that there was a personalized note at the bottom of it, I'm like, you couldn't have wrote Kermit the Frog on there? Is that just not? We're not going to fake this, but we're going to go through every possible hoop to remind you that we're not going to fake this. Right. Sorry. Like, are you legally not allowed to sign it, Kermit the Frog? Is there? Yeah, because you'll come back and sue. I'll come back and say this was not Kermit's signature. It was not Kermit's signature. (laughs) I want Kermit in court. So, yeah, so that was uh, my diss by the moment. Oh, gee, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chuck, you got any uh, stories about the Muppets dissing you? (laughs) No, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I came unprepared. Please. (laughs) I did meet him. You've got to have at least four or five. Well, okay, I've got a story where I met He-Man and Skeletor at an amusement park. (laughs) And and my story's a little bit nicer than your guys' story. They actually posed and took pictures with me. Were they just bodybuilders in costumes? No, they were guys in rubber latex costumes. Oh, I never understood that. There was like a Hulk when I was a kid, and it was just like a guy wearing like a big foam muscle yeah. costume. Yeah. I'm like, just hire a freaking bodybuilder. Yeah. Now, yeah, it was a human and a Skeletor, now, both talk, of them. Afterwards, did you have to change your pants or anything like that? I was really excited as a kid. I was <laughs> I was in the picture. I'm kind of cheesing from ear to ear, yeah. <laughs> See, you now I was smacked a smile off my face that day. When I was a kid, they had when Star Wars came out, they had Darth Vader or guys in Darth Vader costumes tour the country. Okay, yeah. And it was so funny because I have I still have the autograph somewhere, but it's like basically everything's written on the photo, like printed on the photo, like Darth Vader, blah 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 blah. And all he did was fill in your name. Nice. So it's like, <laughs> it's like your name, little boy. The, the signature doesn't match at all, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one of those cheesy studio shots of just the guy wearing the costume standing in front of a backdrop, you know. Yeah. There's like no set. It's like he went to J.C. Penney and got like the family photo package. Nice. <laughs> it's a library background. Well, that's um, that's what I remember from going to see Empire Strikes Back was that they had the theater had people dressed up as like stormtroopers and Darth Vader and stuff and Darth Vader came walking down the aisle and I was in the aisle seat as a kid and I was lose I was so terrified I was like get him away from me well, yeah because that's the movie he won right. <laughs> he won <laughs> I remember I had a, a big wheel uh it was like the chips the tv show chips big wheel version oh and it it came with an autographed picture of Ponch and John, and I hung that thing in my room for years. God, he bought into that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Eric Estrada's autograph. <laughs> Although he signed it, Ponch. <laughs> Officer <laughs> Ponch <Cirello. laughs> uh, Good times. Well, I hate to cut it short, but oh. I, got a, I got a bunch of other stuff I got to do tonight before I go to go to sleep, so... Uh, and I drank all this wine for nothing. I, no, it's never, well, no, it's no, never for nothing. That. Yeah, it's never for nothing. <laughs> but, uh, Shannon, is there anything you wanted to plug or tell listeners about? Or <laughs> oh. Not in that direction. I meant, like, <laughs> solicit. <laughs> well, that's not going to be No, no, that's bad, too. Thanks. Promote. No, I'm, I'm, embarrassing I'm just looking story. forward to Baltimore now. Okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> What happens in Baltimore stays in Baltimore, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm buying a few uh, pictures and a few rounds, so if you want to take a take well, me unless up one night, of us is off the pill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, no, I got uh, other than Joe. All right, that's it. Look Sweet. forward okay. to it. Hopefully, people will still pick up the book and not throw stones. I know our listeners will be still picking it up, so 
We actually yeah, yeah. Had uh, some listeners that came back to the book, so that kind of dropped it for a little while, and then they came back to it. So, so you're doing something right. Right, and, and then we did Blue Ninjas, and they left. <laughs> <laughs> we're still there. We're yeah, we're 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 still gonna buy the book, and we're still gonna promote it. So, and again, your website uh, was slgallant.com. Is that correct? That's the website. All right, great. Okay. Well, thanks. Again, thank you very much for your hospitality. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, anytime. Anytime you yeah. want. You're welcome to come back anytime if, if you feel like daring it once once again. <laughs> okay, tomorrow. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. Thank for, you very much. Thanks. Take All care, right. man. Okay, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. I uh, want to thank, again, uh, Shan uh, Gallant for joining us and give us some insight as to his little world of artistry and everything with G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. It was a lot of fun having him on. Just doing a quick closing here because we actually forgot to do a closing while we had Shannon on the show. But I uh, just wanted to guy, kind of give you guys our information. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us now at the forumforgeeks.com. So it's www.forumforgeeks.com. We're no longer on the comicforums.com. They had to shut down their service and in supplying an avenue for other podcasts, and that's fine. But we did find a new home with the Forum for Geeks, so please go there and chat with us every day. And you can also f- please... Uh, Communicate with us through voicemail. The phone number for that is 440-941-JOES, J-O-E-S. Again, 440-941-JOES. You can email us. It's uh, starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can communicate with with us every day as well through Twitter, and it's at starjoespodcast. You can find our show at not only our website of starjoes.com but you can also find us at the geekcast network it's uh, geekcast radio i believe it's uh, geekcast.com and you can find our episode there as well as a bunch of other shows that also focus on the genres that we we look at as well a lot of different variety there for you and uh let's see what else uh please leave us an itunes review and just simply find us on itunes and please subscribe to the show and you'll get Every new episode, when it gets posted to iTunes, it'll automatically download for you. It makes life a lot easier for you to know when new episodes are coming out. And uh, let's see, Facebook. You can find our fan site as well as our profile page on Facebook. And uh, I believe that's everything. Uh, Please leave us a note as far as how you think things are going. If you have a question for us, happy to hear from you. But in that, uh, next time you should hear from us, uh, we should be actually back to covering issues and getting caught up on some of the issues that have come out since the last time we covered issues. And we haven't forgotten about the retro reviews that we do, the Kessel Run of the Marvel Run. What we'll probably do is we'll probably do a whole episode where we'll cover probably about five issues of each of those runs, the Transformers Run, the G.I. Joe Run, and the Star Wars Run of Marvel, uh, just to kind of get caught up on... Usually we'll do one issue every single episode that we cover issues on, but 
we haven't been able to do that because we've been getting caught up on things. So we'll probably just do one episode, like I said, where we cover five issues of each one. So look forward to that coming up soon. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. second eye i don't have time it's getting late my friends are all parents now dinner parties with cheese plates my girlfriend she is waiting for me to buy a diamond ring been together eight years now feel like i'm settling you know that college was 10 years ago i know you're trying to forget depression and anxiety has come on strong since 33 has made it hard not to crack so if by the time i'm 40 i'm still a waiter here i'm killing myself Try raising this baby.
if by the time I'm 40 and I'm still a waiter here, oh please God, I don't want to even imagine it tonight.